What's going on, beautiful people? Welcome, welcome, welcome to part two of the Trade Deadline podcast presented by Views from the 22. In this part of the conversation, we got into a discussion about purpose. Whenever you wake up in the morning, you can't just get up with no structure, no schedule, no vision, and no plan to execute. You got to have a purpose. Same thing when you're running a football team. You can't just wake up and give away draft assets. You can't just wake up and just throw money at places that don't give you too much value. You got to understand how to maximize the values that you have, be it draft capital or your salary cap. So same way how we, at least speaking for myself here, and, and I know some of our listeners can relate, um, we have to be better with time management, right? Same thing for these NFL GMs. They got to be better with their draft capital. They got to be better with using the salary cap and understanding how and when and where to spend, right? And then we also got into a conversation about when is it time to move on from certain NFL quarterbacks, the Philip Rivers of the world, the Matt Ryans of the world. And then I asked the fellas this uh, question about two 2019 big sign-in free agents and where do they think they'll end up in 2020. So buckle up, get ready for a good football conversation as always. And we hope y'all enjoy. So we're going to move on to a different topic. And we're going to stay on the same subject of front office personnel. But we're going to move on to something different. And, and we've been very critical of them, as we should, because anytime a player messes up, the, the internet kills them for that whole week, right? So when, when we got a, accountability, right, Vic? We got to hold all these people as accountable as yep. we hold the, the players, if not higher. Um, and it just seems to me that there's some teams out there that really don't have any direction. There's no, and there's no purpose for the moves that they're doing. We talked we talked at the beginning of the show about Les Snead, right? We're not we know what his direction is, even if we may not agree with it. Like at least he he just wants to risk it all and get and get football players that are already established in this league: Robert Woods, Brandon Cooks, Andrew Whitworth, Jalen Ramsey, Eric Weddle, right? Obviously, they struck mm-hmm. gold on Gurley, Donald, and Goff. Um, but there's other teams. <clears throat> excuse me, <clears throat> Cleveland Browns. Ooh, wow! I have to get that off my chest. There's other teams that have absolutely no purpose, no direction, no structure. The Washington Redskins, as we talked about, the New York Jets, the Miami Dolphins, who are just tanking in the worst possible way imaginable. It is. I don't understand how they can get away with it. But let's focus on these teams that are borderline trying to get into the playoffs, that have a borderline competitive roster. Why is it? Or is there? Am I missing something, Jerm? Is there, Do you see a purpose or a direction for the Washington Redskins, for the Cleveland Browns, for the New York Giants, for the New York Jets? <clears throat> the Giants, potentially. The Giants are probably one of the teams that have a lot of good things going for them. Like the Daniel Jones pick, I'm not saying I'm not anointing the kid or anything like that, but I'm saying it's a quarterback. So give him a couple of years, see where he's at. If he's serviceable, 
with the team, with the weapons that they have around him now and the offensive line continually to get better um, as it has been, then that team is going to be offensively formidable for them to be able to do some things and move the ball and things like that. The Saquon Barkley pick, they have to use him better. But I think that's a head coach issue. And more than anything else, the coaches are inept. So if that coaching situation doesn't get fixed, then you probably are never going to see the Giants do much of anything with all of the talent that they have on that side of the ball. All right, uh, the the Washington Redskins. Um, I don't I don't know what I don't I, I I don't know man I I just when I I'm stuttering because I just my brain is trying to process five thoughts because it's like five different directions this conversation can go about the Redskins. They just don't have anything concrete or right. solid. They they have a whole bunch of they have a whole bunch of uh, B roll players that they're trying to make a role players and then you have a quarterback situation in which you have a guy who has the potential to develop but you're saying you don't want to throw him to the wolves bro you kind of have to throw him to the wolves at this stage you kind of have to see what you have in the player kind of have to see what you what you can get out of this player because if you go into next year and you find yourself in a situation where you were picking in the top 10 again you may find a team who may mortgage the future and things like that i think that maybe maybe that's the direction. Maybe that's the direction. Maybe they want to see if they can get the RG three trade backwards, and they can get the, all of the riches and build their team for the next seven years that's that cool. way. Who knows? But that's just a, something something we could think about. Um, the Jets. Um, we're gonna change. We're gonna change them. Change them to the Jakes. Okay, J A K E S Jakes, 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 because it's just terrible. <laughs> it's terrible. It's awful how bad. They are. Jamal Adams was the sixth pick. Vic, me and Vic scouted Jamal Adams. We we love the player. We was one of the top five, six players on our draft board for views from the 22. We love the guy. Problem is he plays a position that doesn't impact the game every snap. And you can't offer uh, and tell teams you want two first round picks for safety. As I said before, it just doesn't work that way. Bro, there's no such thing as a safety. I'm ever playing two first round picks for. And you, you better be goddamn great for me to pay more than a than a second round pick for you anyway in a trade trade value if you're trading that means you're getting rid of something that is a luxury that means this is a luxury and something you do not need so that means you're gonna have to come up off that high horse come up off that low that low first round pick and you need to drop it down a little bit you gotta lower your tone when you talk to me over this phone that's what i would be saying if i was a gm hey you better lower your tone over this phone yes i'm rhyming i'm a rapper on the low Check out True to the Game, the real version, and not the one for Master P. But anyway, no, just, real, real quick, Jerm, um, just to just to defend the Jets a little bit in this situation, um, they probably don't want to trade the kid. He's 24 years old. He's an impact safety, still mm-hmm. reaching his prime. So I don't even know why they would dangle his name in the first place. Because you know, the same reason why they got rid of Leonard Williams, bro. They have to get rid of some of these players because. The players don't want to be in the yeah. locker room. Jamal Adams is an emotional guy. He wants to hit everybody. He wants to win. So the last thing that he's going to do is consider continue to want to lose over and over again. Bro, Le'Veon Bell, we talked about this deal at the beginning of the year. Le'Veon Bell's deal is pretty much guaranteed for this year. After this year, that man can walk as well. So it's going to be Sam Darnold and the Darnolds <laughs> at the end of this year. And the reports are coming out now that the Cowboys did offer a first round pick for him. Uh, they did not 
obviously the judge denied that they wanted more um but something else just popped up is that trent williams has ended his holdout and is reporting to the rest Whoa. So, uh that is very interesting situation coming up so that's uh, amazing that news why is he reporting well Another one bites oh, the dust. Come on, Trent. Yeah, I was pulling for you, man. Don't report. <laughs> That's a abort. great question. Abort. Go ahead. Go ahead and go ahead and confirm that right here live on this podcast. We got another company man ass man. Anyway, <laughs> back to, now. Let's bring it back wow. to Berea, Ohio, where place where I'm very very close. Um, the Browns didn't have a direction the day that they fired Hugh Jackson. Browns didn't have a All direction right. the day that they hired. Okay, Jackson. there you go. The Browns didn't have a direction. <laughs> we gonna oh, we gonna go in the rabbit hole. The Browns didn't have a direction when they did anything that they they didn't have a direction when they came back in two thousand. <laughs> but the principal they didn't have a direction when they fired Bill Belichick. <laughs> well, well, I'm not <laughs> they haven't had a direction. All let, me, let me stop retired. you, Jerm, Jerm, Jerm. Let me stop you. Let me stop you real quick. I'm a, we gotta, we gotta give, we gotta give Jerm some credit. We gotta give Jerm some credit because he defended, he defended, uh, um, he defended the head coach. What was his name again? Oh my God, the, the huh? Hugh Jackson. Thank you. Uh, he defended Hugh Jackson. He felt like he should have been given another opportunity, and so far it looks like he was right. Oh hell no. <laughs> Come on, no way, no way, no way, no how. Bro, Freddie like, Kitchens has been worse, Mo. Bro, I, I don't care. I don't care if Freddie Kitchens is worse. Hugh Jackson had to go. Uh, there, was, there was no, for everybody's sake, Hugh Jackson had to go. And now, Freddie Kitchens gotta go. And I promise you, I promise you, had Hugh Jackson been the head coach, they'd have stopped, they'd have probably still been two and five or two and four or two, three and one or something. You think like, so? Bro, all I'm, mm-hmm. all I'm gonna say is this. I'm gonna say this. I'm gonna say this. I, I mean, as y'all seen, I went back in Brown's history on folks just so they know. Like, it's deep in it's, it's ingrained in me, okay? Now listen, the point is, I'm in rare form, y'all. I got jokes all day. I just wanted to be understood that they never had a direction. They never had a direction. When you gave up a first round pick for a receiver and a receiver in, in Odell Beckham, who who we know what his talents are, we know what he's good at, we know all of the things we need to know about. Bro, that's, that's, that's a player that he's a luxury player, considering that your identity is you're a cold weather football team and you have to run the day. And the words of Sandra Bullock, run the dang ball. <laughs> hey, Bert, run the dang ball. <laughs> That's all I want to see y'all doing at this stage. You picked up Kareem Hunt. Kareem Hunt should be back next week, week after. We're going to be able, you're going to have a stable of backs who are going to be able to consistently pound the defense and make them cover every blade of grass, considering the Kareem Hunt's ability out of the backfield with the arrow routes and all those different things that he can do. They're, they have zero excuses, bro, to be two and five. Zero. I don't care about your schedule. Let me say something. The way they played against the New England Patriots, bro, I'm sorry. That looked like a JV football team just playing some grown me. It, it didn't look good at all. Then you go to the next extreme and you say, okay, the, the Rams game. The Rams game, they had an opportunity to win the game. They were in the game. 
I don't understand how certain things happen. Then you have these name brand players that you're picking in these in these prime spots. The Denzel Ward pick is always going to stand out to me because he's barely played this season and has barely made any impact. But we have guys in situations right now where they need pass rush help. They need pass rush help. Miles Garrett is a one-man wrecking crew. That is the only pick it seems like they've got right these last few years is Miles Garrett. That's the only guy. The, besides that, we, we draft a lineman in the second oh, round. Oh, we draft oh, oh, we're having a Baker. <laughs> Go ahead, my bad. We, we, the, verdict is st- the verdict is still out on Baker because is it Freddie Kitchens? Is that the problem with Baker? Or is Baker the problem with Baker? We don't know that yet. But I think the problem could be Freddie. And I think Freddie, old Freddie, old Freddie boy, he needs to get find a new job because this one ain't the one for him. <laughs> the, the, the play calling is terrible. He has no feel for the game. I mean, the, the only guy who came in, I felt like had a good feel and flow for the game as an offensive coordinator for the Browns was probably Rob Chajinski. And that was the tight ends coach that they had for a head coach one year. And he's the only guy who I've seen consistently call good plays. Freddie Kitchens had a stretch, but as soon as he became head coach, that just went down the drain. Even with that, bro, it's, it, I see no direction. That's just that's the point of this whole excerpt. I see no direction. I see no direction on offense. I see no direction on defense. I see no direction on special teams. I, I see no direction in Cleveland at all. I think they changed the signs and they turned them the other ways because when people are going, the Browns are going in the opposite direction of where everybody thought they were going to go. And I was told I was negative. But now I look like I was just being objective and objectivity is what happens when you're in the lab. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Thank you. Thank the you. lab breeds Thank it. You. I mean, um, yes. just two questions for you, Vic. One, to add to Germ's point, where do you see all the how the Browns could have perhaps gotten more value or kept on to better assets or done something to at least give them a little more structure for the future rather than suddenly this seemingly adapted win now attitude that's the first question second question and i want you i'm sure you're going to start with this one um jerry mentioned kareem hunt right he's coming back and we right. know that he's a he's a running back that like as germ said you can use in the passing game how helpful would that be to baker mayfield considering they had a player like that in Duke Johnson. Yeah, and, and that's something that I was thinking about before and I think I've discussed with you before is I just feel like, um, you know, despite Duke Johnson having some limitations um, as a running back, he was somebody that it seemed like Baker trusted a lot um, in the passing game. Um, but Nick Chubb is more than capable of you know, doing some things in the passing game, obviously not to the Duke Johnson level, uh, where the ability that Duke Johnson has with his route running um, and, you know, his speed and quickness and things like that. Uh, You know, so it seems like Baker did trust that. Kareem Hunt just kind of, it just kind of seems like he's not going to be able to bring that same kind of speed and quickness. Um, I see a lot of similarities between him and Chubb. So it's going to be interesting to see how they use those two guys moving forward. Um, again, they already, what, two and five now? So, yep. I mean, I don't want to say that this season is lost or anything like that, but 
um, we'll see what it, how it goes from here. Um, I understand what Jeremy's saying about Baker still, you know, the jury being out with him. But I feel like first the coaching is an issue like we discussed, but they can't block anybody either. So, you know, with all of those factors, as well as, you know, to go to your first question, um, getting Odell Beckham for a first round pick um, is, I mean, again, like Jeremy said, he's a luxury pick. He's a luxury type of player. Um, it takes off the focus of the coaching staff, the quarterback to try to feed that kind of player because again, he's very talented. Don't, you know, don't try to, we're not trying to diminish his ability, but it takes very few quarterbacks to use a a receiver like him to keep a receiver like him, you know, um, ground level basically happy. and happy. So, I mean, there's only three quarterbacks in this league that I can think of that can hand, handle an Odell Beckham type receiver. And right now, uh, Baker Mayfield is not at that level. He wants to continue to feed that guy and it's taking him off rhythm, um, but not using his running backs, not using his short game, uh, his short passing game and things like that. Um, so it's going to be interesting what to see what happens with Kareem Hawk. Um, that's going to be more mouths to feed. Uh, and see, you know, how, I mean, Odell Beckham is probably going to want to be out of here, out of Cleveland by uh, the end of the season. So, real quick, just to say this, um, in the words of the great Teddy Pendergrass, for the Cleveland Brown season, we shall turn off the lights. <laughs> uh, well, we're going to, speaking of turning off the lights and light a candle, turn off the lights, light a candle. Let's sing happy birthday. Let's make a wish because it is Andy Dalton's birthday and he received oh. a nice warm benching mm-hmm. for his birthday. Um, so we're going to lead into that. We're going to talk about the Cincinnati Bengals the Los Angeles Chargers, the Atlanta Falcons. We've seen the Tennessee Titans already exercise this. But these are some of the teams. um, And, you know, I'm even going to throw in the Chicago Bears and, believe it or not, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and also the Carolina Panthers. That's a lot of teams I just mentioned. When is it time to move on from your franchise quarterback? Vic? I'm going to start with you. I'm going to start with him first. Damn, <laughs> damn, bro. Oh, we can go to you. I mean, I mean, I, I gave it to him, but if he wants to give it back to you. No, it, 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 I mean, bro, you know, like I said in the beginning of the season, one of my uh, scouting uh, points that uh, we've done this for this season, um, check those things out, try to get those out weekly. Uh, there has been a list of about five to six quarterbacks that I feel – um, it's time to move on from them. Uh, definitely, you know, to me, Cam Newton is one of those guys. Um, as bad as it sounds and as much people are going to hate that, uh, I think it's time to let Kyle Allen just start the rest of the season. So far, it looks like he's going to week- start week nine again. Um, and Andy Dalton, man, it's been a long time coming for him too, bro. Uh, it's just they're, they're not – these offenses are not progressing with these guys. Yes, Cincinnati has not been able to block well. They've not been able to run the ball well. Um, but And defensively, they've been inconsistent. But the quarterback has just not been able to take that extra step needed to compete as one of those six teams that make the playoffs, man. At the end of the day, like he's not going to compete with the Tom Brady's. He's not going to compete with the Patrick Mahomes and guys like that. 
he just doesn't have that type of game. So um, it's time to move on, and it's time to see what other guys have. What you you know what anybody has you know that's in your roster, or um, there's about four or five quarterbacks coming out in the 2020 draft. So it's going to be interesting to see what happens there. Um, but it's just time to move on from a lot of these guys. Jerm? Okay. 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 <laughs> All right. So first things first. Um, Andy Dalton. Let me just say this, and I, I got to say this. Cincinnati's problem has been the same problem for the last seven years. The problem is if, you're, if your receiver is the best player on your team, you shouted, you wouldn't get far if you got a damn lineman. Mm-hmm. You'd be just a waste of time. That, we're just going to go there. That's where we're going to go. Mm-hmm. I don't understand the direction of the Bengals. They've been brown since Paul Brown did that little. Never, never, never. See, that's history again. We about to. Hey, man, shouts out to Jay Ham. Yes, sir. Because Jay Ham knew where I was about to go with that one. But anyway, look, the point of emphasis is the Bengals' issue is that best player is a receiver. The Falcons' issue is their best player is a receiver. Mm. Uh, every one of these teams, pretty much, except for the Panthers, the Panthers' issue is their best player is their running back. But that doesn't mean it's as bad as, we, as what we understand. The Panthers' issue is their best athlete is their quarterback. And that's what the issue is. Same issue that I have with the Baltimore Ravens. But anyway, the principle of all of those teams is there's too many holes that they have in other spots. The Carolina Panthers' secondary is still trying to improve. And they still have not improved enough for them to be a formidable opponent late down in the season when it comes down to January football when you got to get some stops on third third and fives and third and sevens. That's their issue, and that's going to be something they're going to continue to struggle with until they start investing some draft capital on the back end. Um, I, I don't understand a lot of these teams. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers, bro, I'm still confused at why Melvin Gordon is not on that roster. I don't care what you say about people's persona when it's time to get paid i need you to start naming these players pay that man in that order like we need to start paying these players who are worth it melvin gordon for a second round pick hell even even if it's a first round pick if it feels like it's gonna save your quarterback you need to do it i'm not understanding why the coaching why the coaching talent and this is bruce arians we're talking about we're not talking about just anybody i thought of anybody who would have made this happen would have been bruce he hasn't done it. And I'm confused as to why that Melvin Gordon is not a Buccaneer. He would have been perfect for Jameis. He would have given them some form of an identity for the run game. And as I said before, and I think I said this off the record, the Bucs ain't never going to be worth two dead flies mashed until they get a running back mm-hmm. about something. And that's what the problem is. It's not Peyton Barber. It's not Ronald Jones, who everybody in the scouting world was, oh, he's going to be Jamal Charles. Hey, man, sit down. Now, now, now you look stupid. I tried to tell y'all, but y'all didn't want to listen. Hmm. It, it's over with. These teams need to do better at certain things. It's time to move on from stagnant things in 2020. 2019 is the year we shall move on from Cam Newton flamboyantly throwing the ball into triple coverage for DJ Moore. 2020 is the year we shall get away from the Red Rocket just throwing the ball up and hoping that A.J. Green comes down with it. Mm. 2020 is the year that Jameis Winston will not eat a W. He will throw them up. <laughs> Period. I'm tired of the same stuff, bro. It's, 2020 is the year that Ben Roethlisberger 
can finally retire. I'm I'm finished with him too. I'm I agree with Vic. Um, it's yeah. time for Robert Berger to go too. It's time for him to go too. Yep. Uh Phillip Rivers. Phillip Rivers. I mean, I need for Phillip Rivers to do me a favor and do the river dance right on out the, the, the Chargers facility. It's over with. I don't want to see him no more. I'm done. <laughs> I'm through. I, are you done or are you finished? <laughs> I just he's a man and he's 40 that's all I know I don't know anything else bro we got Roethlisberger we got Matt Ryan we got Phillip Rivers oh we got oh yeah Matt Ryan let me let me say this about Matt Ryan real quick he is terrible in the worst part of the field to be terrible I'm still confused I'm still baffled at why he's so terrible in the red zone I'm still confused you have a six foot four specimen receiver godlike creature that is on the outside and you can't get him the ball oh my god somebody help me somebody I, look, i'm about to jump out my window i'm a, i'm so upset i'm just baffled muhammad sanu is 6-3 you can't get these guys the ball are you are, are we are we kidding what, what what are we doing you just paid this man a hundred some million dollars and this is what you get market value okay, um let me tell you something. Can we please void that checkout right now and pay the views for the 22 for having to even watch this BS? <laughs> oh, my God. I mean, listen, I'm not going to disagree with anything you guys just said about any of those quarterbacks. Um, Cam Newton, Jameis Winston, Matt Ryan, Mitch Trubisky. Uh, Matt oh, Stafford, Philip Rivers, Andy. No, no, no. Let's give let's give Matt another year. Let's give Matt another no, not another year. A couple more games. Wait, Matt who? You said Matt. Matt who? Yeah, who? Uh, Matt Flynn. Stafford. Oh, Matt Stafford. Matt Stafford. Yeah. Oh, Matt, Matt Stafford is not in. He's not in this category. Because Matt, Matt Stafford, Stafford hasn't played. Yeah, you no, did. You did, Matt, Matt, Matt Stafford. Stafford. I didn't hear that part. But Matt Stafford is. I'm going to defend him because Matt Stafford is not the issue in Detroit. No. I think I think Detroit just is Detroit's issue is is Patricia needs another year to kind of get a couple more pieces on that defense, and he's having terrible luck with Vic's guy carry on staying healthy. Yeah, and I think that is mm-hmm. the issue. That's the reason why the running back position is so devalued because carry on has always been hurt. Yeah, but when he's on the field, bro, he's conduct he's productive. So I think I think Matt is Matt is. Matt hasn't regressed. Matt hasn't been the issue for the Detroit Lions. The Detroit Lions have been the Detroit Lions issue. Like, I think the reason why the only Detroit Lion is tempted to a man Taylor is because he was content with just home improvement. But let's let's talk about the foundation. They finally built the foundation and went in home improvement style and built an offensive line. Yep. So then they get the power running game going. So now these games that they normally get their ass kicked in, now they compete in them. Control them. See, that's a step in, in a step in the right direction. See what I'm saying? Like Tim the Tool Man Taylor, you see how we, we throw that reference in there, home improvement? We gotta build it from the bottom up. Listen, man, I'm on fire. Somebody better put me out. <laughs> Go ahead, Mo. Go ahead, get it out. No, 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 no. I, I was just, I was just about to move on to the next one. Um, I'm gonna throw another name in there, honestly, and and that's gonna lead to my my, my question here. Uh, Derek Carr. It's time to move on from him as well. So, oh boy. And and I think if the Raiders are in a position to to get a quarterback to replace him, I think they will do that immediately. So with that being said, 
gentlemen, where do you see Nick Foles playing next year? Would Ooh. it be Oakland? Or rather, would it be Vegas with the Raiders? Would it be the Denver Broncos? Could it be the Tampa Bay Buccaneers? Those are the first three teams that I listed. Um, you could pick from those three or pick somebody else that might come to mind. But where do you think Nick Foles ends up? Because I fully believe Nick Foles will not be in Jacksonville next year. Wow. See, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't expect this question. I didn't expect that to possibly happen. Uh, I'm moving on to the draft. You know how it is. I'm a draft guy. <laughs> we got four special quarterbacks uh, that are coming in this draft. And there's one more that might be pushing those guys from Utah State. I forget the name of this kid. Uh, but we got, you know, we got a, we got a, quite a draft class in the quarterback position. But if Nick Foles ends up moving, man, um, I guess it's just going to depend on what system, who's running what system, what offensive coordinator is, is in what team. Um I, I guess the Broncos, man. The Broncos might be might be a good fit for him um, in terms of what they have, at least offensively and things like that. Mm. Um, I guess that might be a team. Jerem, I don't, you know, I don't know if you have I somebody. Got great, I got, listen, y'all. I got a great team. Mo never even named. Oh, uh, I know what you want to say. <laughs> I got a great team, and I just know that Mo didn't even name them. It, Nick Foles next year is going to be playing for the Canadian League football team. <laughs> <laughs> because he ain't even going to make the NFL roster, bro. That's oh. the old prediction I got. Damn, He's that's trash, deep. It's time for him to go, too. I'm ready for him to leave as well. It was, you know, See, I didn't want to go ready. that far. I didn't want to go that far, but I can't disagree yeah, I'm with him. I'm going, listen, it's time, look, it's time to turn off the lights. It's time. To, it's time for some new blood, man. Yo, it's we just we need blood. we need some fresh bodies in this league, man. There's a lot like and everybody whoever's gonna listen to this is gonna be like, oh, but y'all wouldn't say the same thing about Tom Brady. Well, no. Tom's still doing his thing. Tom, I enjoy still watching Tom play. So he ain't gonna go nowhere. I'm gonna I'm gonna be hurt when he leaves. So the rest of these guys that have just stayed stagnant their whole career, bye bye. See you later. Yeah, bro. Yeah, exactly. I, I, hate to say it. I hate to say it, bro. But the only thing that made Peyton Manning intriguing was the fact that you knew he was going to play Brady twice a year. Once in the regular season and once in the postseason. And the best man was going to win nine out of ten times mm-hmm. with the only other variable being Bill Belichick and Tony Dungy or whoever the hell coach was or personnel. Mm-hmm. What made Peyton never be stagnant and what made Peyton never stagnant was Peyton was still a guy who you had to command and you had to figure him out every Sunday. Mm-hmm. Bro, you don't have to figure out any of these guys. <laughs> you know exactly what they are, bro. You know the answer to the test before you get to the damn place to take the test. That's brilliant. I know if I get motherfucking uh, Matt Ryan in a situation where he's in the 20-yard line and they're getting ready to score, hey, I'm just going to zone him up. I'm just going to cover this area of the field. I know he likes his seams, so we're going to play the seams hard, and we're going to allow make him have to make a touch throw or make a throw that is a big boy throw. Mm. I know what Cam Newton, I know he wants to run. I know he's steaming Willie Beeman back there. His name is Willie. Willie Beeman, he love the ladies, and he be dressing like one too. Now, the point, the emphasis with all of this stuff that I'm saying is we know the answer to the test before we sit down, sir. We do not need that in the NFL. We need to know that there is more to the test that meets the eye. And that is the reason why there are Jedi Masters, and that is the reason why there are, you know, you know. So, yeah. 
people uh-huh. just hold lightsabers. So yeah. <laughs> yo, real quick, real quick, yeah, real quick, real quick. Shout out to Aaron Rodgers. We we've crucified him. Uh, he is playing better. He is in a better system that is executing uh, both with the blocking and using their running backs. Okay, because that's how I believe football games are won. That's how the Patriots have proved you win championships is using their running backs and then extending your offense from there. Use your running backs in the run game. Use your running backs in the passing game. That'll open up everything else downfield for you. And the Packers are doing exactly that right now. Shout out to Aaron Rodgers. He's still one of the most talented quarterbacks we've ever seen. But he as well also needs help from his uh from his his offensive line he also needs help from his running backs and he also needs help from his coaching staff so let's try not to elevate these players or downgrade these players tom brady is still the best quarterback in my opinion and aaron Rodgers is is close but he's a close second i'm done with that he's a he's a he's a definitive second and and here's what i'll say this is coming from true here, y'all. So y'all gonna bite y'all. Y'all gonna y'all gonna. Ooh, it's gonna burn again. Here we go. Here it comes. He's played better football, the best football he's played since they won the Super Bowl, mm. and that's being fair. Uh, disagree. Disagree. Uh, you, you can disagree, but the disagreements can come in with the fact that they're winning. They're playing winning football. You got to do what you got to do just to win. Bro, bro, they were thirteen and three in two thousand and fourteen, and they were twelve and four in two thousand fifteen. Or two thousand sixteen, I think. Makes this more impressive the way they're winning football games. I hear that you. I because hear you. remember, Devontae Adams is out, so they got they got Tito and Jermaine in them at receiver right now. I'm not saying these players are terrible. I'm just not saying, saying they're terrible. No, they ain't got no germs because germs is amazing, man. They, <laughs> they open 99.9 percent of the time, and they're part of the 7-Eleven crew. Um, but the, the thing is, I, the way they're winning football games is the way that that this is the way Aaron Rodgers plays for us to get a 12-12 clash for the Super Bowl. Yes, if please. we got that in the Super Bowl, bro, that would be a 35-37 type of game, and it would be nothing but mastery. Uh, two masters uh, of the lightsaber continuing to battle, and the first person to slip up or make a mistake loses the game. That is what we're going to aim or get from this type of season from Aaron Rodgers. That's why I say it's best since the Super Bowl, because those running that running game and that defense are on the same par as well as that Super Bowl team. They're taking the ball over. They're getting great coverage out there for my guy. Shouts out to the Louisville Project, Jair Alexander. One of the best corners in the league playing ballaholic films, Mendoza. Man down. (laughs) Let's go. (laughs) No, I give you that. I give you that. The the package... Hello? Yeah, I'm here. Oh, okay. No, I'll give you that. I'll give you that. The, the, The Packers' defense is opportunistic. The the way the running backs are being utilized is very well, but... I, I just personally remember the 2014 season, and he was he was spectacular that year. I don't know if he won. I can't remember who won MVP that year, but he probably should have won MVP. You know? That was one of his best seasons. And in 2016, he was pretty damn good as well. But every, everything you said, I agree with. And the, the biggest factor being how opportunistic that defense has been. All right, now that the little quarterback tirade is over, Last question, okay. Where will Le'Veon Bell end up next year? Will it be the Houston Texans? Will it be the Kansas City Chiefs? Will it be the Tampa Bay Buccaneers? 
Will it be the Detroit Lions? The best fit for him, to be honest with you, will probably be a team either like Tampa Bay, who have the bodies up front for him, for as I discussed with you guys uh, or last week. Tampa Bay's offensive line is set for them to be able to use that power running game. Le'Veon would be perfect for it. Um, and especially with his ability out of the backfield with the weapons that they have, he'd be an excellent addition. And that would probably be one of those teams that they'd probably win that division um, if, if they had the right quarterback play. Um, give me give me the Bucks only because, but I, Yeah, I'll take I'll take Houston on that, bro. I think I think for similar for similar things that you just said about the Bucks, um, between those two teams right there, I think that uh, he'll be a good fit. Um, I, th- I expect the Texans to, to continue to grow their offensive line. Um, they have made some moves in that situation there, uh, bringing Tunsil in from the from the uh, Dolphins. So, uh, yeah, Le'Veon Bell with either uh, the Houston Texans or the Tampa Bay Bucks uh, would be a great fit, you know, for a run for those teams. All right, all right. I, I I personally think same thing. Tampa Bay or Houston, as well. Those those would be the best fits for him. You fix the move, and you got twelve glasses in this box, but you didn't put no fucking bubble wrap. Excuse my language. You didn't put any <laughs> bubble wrap or paper around these glasses. You just put the glasses off in the box and tell me to take them to your to your new home. I take the boxes, I get them to your to your new home, but they broke. Mm-hmm. But you get mad mm-hmm. at me because your glasses broke. No. You- <laughs>